Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And that, of course, is the... Beautiful voice of at Marcus underscore motions, the power rankings podcast, AKA the power Rankings show. I'm uh, sitting here thinking about a question that you posed to me off of a athletic article. Um, we have a lot to talk about. <clears throat> I'm sure you guys all saw the uh, playoff games this weekend, but right now what's hovering out there as we record this, uh, Jason Kelsey just announced his retirement. Uh, people are speculating about Nick Sirianni's job, about Mike McCarthy's job. Um, couple of other little smaller items uh dan quinn where's he where is he going to end up what do the cowboys do with dak prescott uh do the eagles have bigger problems than the cowboys uh the pittsburgh steelers and mike tomlin's future where does bill belichick go so let's start right there uh bill belichick it's been rumored to do a lot of different things i've even seen the falcons out there which to me is like come on do you see Bill Belichick ending up in either Philadelphia or Dallas or even Seattle? We have to mention that, that Pete Carroll uh, is not going to be there. Um, and if you do, which is more likely? I don't see him landing in Philly, Dallas or Seattle of those three. I think Dallas is the most likely uh, because he has a really good uh, relationship with Stephen Jones, who kind of runs a lot of the football operations in Dallas. I think Atlanta is the most likely. We even got a tweet last night from the Falcons that said, we've interviewed Bill Belichick for our head coaching position, which first of all, I think is hilarious. Like, how does that interview go? Uh, do you think like the Falcons asked him like, hey, tell us about a time where you had to face adversity and you overcame that. <laughs> <laughs> I I just, I can't see that happening, but you know, um, I mean, if he's taking that interview, he's obviously somewhat interested. I guess I, I'd be shocked, but you know, stranger things have certainly happened. You know, maybe he, maybe he looks at it in the way that, you know, you can't really, you're not really going to make over the Dallas or the Philadelphia franchise. You can get the Atlanta franchise on the right track. Cause uh, you know, let's be real here. The Falcons have been to two Super Bowls. They lost one in historic fashion. The other one, they got blown out in the late 90s. And other than that, the best team the Falcons ever had was 1980. And that team got beat in the divisional round. So, um, you know, you, you have an opportunity to make history and to remake a franchise and to be responsible for resurrecting two franchises. So I could see it from that standpoint. But I would think something like that would take a lot of time. And I don't know, I'm sure Bill Belichick has plenty of time left on this earth, but I don't know how long he's going to have uh, in, in the I mean, football realm. he is realm. 72, though. I mean, come on now. 
All right. You know, they say if you're alive right now that you're going to be lived, lived to be 110, um, you know, right now, would 110 wins be a successful season in a lifetime? <laughs> because uh, who you are. Yeah. Cause Marcus just asked me about an athletic article, you know, is 10 wins in a playoff appearance, a successful season. And I said, you know, I, I think you need the context. You know, if you're the Cowboys, no, it's not. And no, I'm not saying that because they're America's team. I'm saying that because you had a really talented roster with more all pros than any other team in football. And you were relatively healthy going into the postseason, which is all look at the Browns. The mm -hmm. Browns loss and the Cowboys loss are not equal to me. I know people are saying, well, Cleveland got blown out. Cleveland was out there with what their fifth and sixth. Offensive um, tackles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> no Nick Chubb. They were down to their fourth quarterback. They've had injuries galore on defense. Corner went down right before the game. Remember, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Award. So yeah. yeah. It's not even close. Right. I mean, close. We, we should uh, mention this. This article was written about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, were seven and three at one point in the season. Um, I, I, I just, unless you are a team. I mean, I'm not even trying to think a, a team that's been really bad and just making it to the playoffs was an accomplishment, or you've been so beat up that just limping your way into the playoffs is an accomplishment. That's not the Steelers. That's not the Cowboys. That's not the Eagles. I think for all three of those teams, yes, you won double digit games, but for all three of those teams to lose by double digits in round one has to be extremely disappointing. I would say the Steelers of the three are the least disappointing to me only because uh, they don't have a very good team coming this season in, in, in my mind. And so from a coaching standpoint, if you're one of these people that just wants Mike Tomlin fired so bad, that's fine. It may be time to move on. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that he should definitely stay there for another 10 years or anything like that. But there's no question the preseason expectations of Philadelphia and Dallas were much, much Without higher. Without a doubt. I, th I think the Steelers are more about an organizational failure now, organizational, not just Mike Tomlin, of not getting the right talent in there, not figuring out the quarterback position, staying with Ben Roethlisberger too long. We could, yep. we could you know what I'm saying? It's different uh, in my mind really quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on the Steelers, but Mike Tomlin did tell his players today on the way out that he is planning on returning in 2024. That is the last year of his contract. I think there was a lot of Steeler fans that were hoping he would decide to take a year off or move on because I'm going to read you this list. This, this is the list of coaches who oh, have boy. won a playoff game more recently <laughs> than Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, Doug Peterson, Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick, Bruce Arians, Sean Payton, Matt LaFleur, Mike Zimmer, Doug Marone, twice. I was Nick waiting Sirianni. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Nick yeah. Sirianni, Mike Variable, Frank Reich, who has now gotten fired twice since Mike Tomlin has won a playoff game. John Harbaugh, Mike McCarthy, Kevin Stefanski, Mike Malarkey, Brian Dable, Brian, Bill O'Brien, Anthony Lynn, Dan Campbell, Pete Carroll, Jason Garrett, Dan Quinn, Todd Bowles, D'Amico Ryan. Do you want to know something really funny? What's up? I had already made up my mind after you read your list that I was going to say, where's Mike Malarkey? Thinking he wouldn't be on there. And he's on there. <laughs> he is on there. What is the worst name on there? For like, if, you, if like, you're like you trying to say that the Steelers should move on from Tom, what's the one name that's like, oh man, that guy has more it. playoff wins? 
I might have been close right there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I could beat that one. Anthony know? Lynn? You didn't say Dick Duran, did you? No. Uh, <laughs> Dick Duran had a, a, a fun. What's that? Old school Bills right there. Yeah, yeah. I like Dick Duran. Dick Duran, a nice coaching career, just maybe not a great head coaching career. No. But, um, you know, Marcus, I think with any of these teams, you have to look at their individual situation. If we look at Philadelphia, Philadelphia may have been the most disappointing team uh, in the NFL this year. Uh, they they were certainly up there. A few weeks ago, I told you I thought the Giants might be the most disappointing team because they weren't even competitive for much of the year after making the playoffs. But I think Philadelphia easily surpassed that in my mind, even though they won 10 games. They won more than 10 games. 12 games. And they right? made the and yeah, and they made the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. You really need context when you lose five or five of six. I was waiting to see if somebody on the networks would point out, you know, they're saying, when has a team ever done this? I actually remember a team that did this. The 86 jets started 10 and one, 10 and one, and they finished 10 and six mm. and they got beat in the divisional round. Um, but that being said, I think the Eagles loss was the worst because it looked like the effort wasn't there. Uh, they, they also got blown out. And if the Buccaneers could catch footballs, what do they lose that game? 40 to nine. Uh, 32 to nine. Oh, no, well, no. Well, I'm saying they, if they, could Oh my catch, gosh, it would have been 45 to nine, 48. Jeez. I mean, honestly, it could have been way worse than what they are lucky that the score was that close. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think both in their case, and we'll get to the Cowboys in a second. Cause I know a lot of y'all want to hear our thoughts on the Cowboys. <clears throat> I think in both cases, they got beat by quarterbacks that played out of their mind. And yes, I think Baker Mayfield played as good as Jordan Love did. His guys catch those balls. Baker Mayfield's numbers are ridiculous. I agree. Um, all that said, all that said, I think Philadelphia um, is going to have to make a change. They have to. I, what what can you possibly hang your hat on? Um, you know, I was watching that game in the second half, and I told Marcus offline, there were some plays where Jalen Hurts held the ball, and I, I wanted to be critical of him. And then I saw the replay, and there's no hot routes. There's no guys in the middle of the field and sure. Maybe Jalen hurts could have audibled or, or, but that's on coaching, man. That's on coaching. Every quarterback needs to have outlets that are readily available, especially when you know that Todd Bowles is going to be bringing the heat. It's not like at halftime, they didn't know Todd Bowles was bringing heat. You know, I, I just couldn't understand that. Yeah. They, I don't know where this Philly team goes because it really feels like they quit on their head coach. Um, the, the effort level the last month was atrocious and we had stories coming out like the morning of the game about the disconnect between Jalen Hurts, uh, the offensive coordinator and Nick Sirianni, all three of them had different goals they want to accomplish. Uh, they didn't feel like they were communicating very well. Mm -hmm. Um, and even in the post game press conference, I don't know if you saw, but they asked Jalen Hurts, uh, do you want Nick Sirianni to come back next year? And he thought about it and he said, where's he going? Like, I don't know, like where else would he go? It wasn't the most ringing endorsement of Nick Sirianni. I, I don't know. I, I, the vibes on this team, Elliot have been pretty awful the last two weeks or excuse me, the last two months. Yeah. You know, I know we have listeners of all different age groups and, uh, you know, our oldest being, uh, uncle Scott Mosher, who, uh, lays carpet, uh, mm -hmm. in, in your area and works really hard and still hasn't given me my flooring uh, carpet. <laughs> well, yes. 
Am I wrong okay. about that? He's the oldest listener we have, but by <laughs> wide margin. But uh, why haven't I gotten my flooring? My because uh, it's in my it's in my other room. I just haven't shipped it to you yet, dude. I need. Hey, if you're in the uh, Pennsylvania area, by the way, look him up. He's been how long has he been at that now? This is oh, a man, free my, advertising, like thirty something years. Didn't he do all your floors? He did every single floor of my house, every single hey, room. Dog, dog on it. I need it. I need that. Uh, does he do? Uh, so you do out of state, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, what I was going to say is we all grew up in different eras of football. You and I, I'm older than you. We grew up in different eras of football, but sometimes there's like overreactions and then sometimes there's not. And in my opinion, feel free. I'm opening myself up to you to say, dude, you're old school. Get off my lawn. Quit complaining about leaf blowers. Uh, Nick Sirianni doing what he did in the tunnel at Arrowhead to me was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I I could understand a little bit, a little bit of him in Indianapolis running to the fans and saying that was for Frank Reich a little bit because they were so hard on Frank Reich there. Okay. If I excuse that one, when Jalen Hurts had to remember pull his arm down when they were doing the review. Uh, do. do you remember that? Like, do. dude, don't embarrass yourself. How old's Jalen Hurts? 25? Yeah. You're, yep. you're 25 year old quarterback. Nick Sirianni's what, 40, 38, something like that? Should not be pulling your arm down saying don't act like that. Um, I, I'm not saying that's a fireable offense, but it certainly isn't a feather in your cap when your team is played like this, that maybe your, uh, you know, your maturity level, we're not talking about someone who's 20 years old here, you know, uh, am I, am I crazy? I mean, as you know, um, I have to be careful here when I say on Nick Sirianni due to some, some relationships, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I this I got nothing the, against the guy, Marcus. I'm no, just no, saying, no. isn't that odd? Let me put it this way: Is that not odd behavior? Okay, it is. I'm not saying you need to be you're, fired you're, for that. Your 25 year old quarterback who's been in the league four years is just far more mature and a better leader than your 42 year old head coach. Um, and I think I think that kind of bravado works really well when you're ten and one and you're beating some good teams, but when you lose to the Giants, you get you lose to the Cardinals, and then you get embarrassed on the road against Tampa Bay. I don't think it works so well, and I think some of the players are maybe starting to see through it a little bit. Um, I, I think Philadelphia has a pretty, in my mind, I think it's a pretty easy decision to make on what you do here with Nick Sirianni. I'm curious to see if they view it the same way. I just, I'm just saying you can't, you can't keep things the same. So yeah. if that means you keep Sirianni, then other things have, have, have got to change. They just have to, um, <clears throat> all right, we're going to have to talk about the Cowboys here. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't watch the game. You're going to have to fill in the gaps. For yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to draw a parallel between Sirianni and Mike McCarthy here. Now, this was not something that you were concerned about. I thought it was odd. I made mention of this to Marcus multiple times after they beat Washington, a couple things happened in that Washington game that I thought were really odd. One Dallas was up. I want to say 38 to 10 with about eight minutes to go. And they had their starters out there throwing the ball and, and moving the ball down the field, trying to score. And I thought, I thought he was trying to pad Dak Prescott's and his stats, his I, there was no reason. It's not like you're trying to build their confidence for next week. You're up 38 to 10. Washington can't do anything on offense. 
why are you doing that? Why are you risking leaving your guys in and trying to throw a touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks? Uh, I, I, I could not understand that. And then after the game, Mike McCarthy and some staff members and his quarterbacks took a group photo, like at the, I don't know, the 40 yard line or something of Washington. When I was growing up, I can't imagine that the Cowboys would have gone on RFK and Tom Landry or Jimmy Johnson would have taken a group photo on your division rivals field after blowing them out. To me, that's way more disrespectful than Dennis Allen's group scoring a touchdown and Arthur Smith getting all peeved. Am I seeing this wrong? Maybe Mark McCarthy just knew that that was the last time that they're going to be able to take a picture like that. <laughs> I mean, look, if you've got a family member that's on like the Washington staff, or if you're like what I, you and I talked about earlier, where Zach Martin and Fletcher Cox are like exchanging jerseys, you take photos together, man, I'm all for that. But this is different, man. You just blew this team out on their field. Uh, it was weird. Uh, maybe I missaw what I saw. I didn't hear anyone talk about this. But it just makes me wonder about the priorities. And I know McCarthy's been really buddy-buddy with the players. I don't feel like there's any fear at all about their job or their gig. Um, you know, and you don't have to coach like Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells did. But there's just a different tone. Uh, about losing and about not doing your job. I mean, Jimmy Johnson cut Kervin Richards for fumbling twice in a meaningless game at the end of the year. I just, uh, granted, it wasn't Emmett Smith. Um, am I fair to point these things out as sure, just a little course. bit concerning? Just uh, They're not fireable offenses. They're just concerning. I think what you would like to see from McCarthy is a little bit more of a sense of urgency. Um, and I know he he knows that the the regular season is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Sure, but it's sometimes you you need to get this team tuned up and ready to go in a big game. And you pointed this out all year. Like, where was their big win? They had a really nice win against Philadelphia at home. Give them that one. Other than that one, I mean, there's not a ton. The Detroit one was nice. Now it was, you know, the end of that game sequence was rough, but. I, I just think too many times this team in big games just didn't show up. And then to get absolutely embarrassed at home against the number seven seeded Packers. I think that in itself is probably enough to get fired. I mean, Mike McCarthy has been the coach for four years. Now they have one playoff win that came against the eight and nine Buccaneers with Tom Brady in his last game. I'm not sure that even though they've had the, the, the great regular season wins, I'm not sure that's enough to keep his job. Yeah, you know, there was a, I got pretty hot with Marcus on the phone after the Buffalo game because McCarthy had his starters in there late in the fourth quarter. They're down, I don't remember how it went, 30 to three. And he has Dak, I mean, they're, they're throwing these little five-yard ends and, you know, just little dink and dunk down the field so they can get a touchdown. And I'm sitting here going, okay, you're down four scores and it's like eight minutes to go. If you're going to keep your starters in here, which I don't think they should have, and you're going to risk their injury, then throw the ball down the field and take a risk. But I felt like they didn't want to do that because that hurts the numbers. 
that gives D- Dak has to throw the ball down the field when they know what's going to happen. That means interceptions. We know what happens when Dak throws interceptions like last year, everyone jumps all over him and he hears the noise. And I felt like the coach was protecting his quarterback or if he wasn't doing that, he was trying to pump up the Cowboys numbers and offensive confidence. But I ask you this, what good does it do to go down the field and take five minutes to do it and score a touchdown with your starters in a game you know you're going to lose in December when you need to keep guys healthy. What what good does it do? I don't know. I, I wish I could give you a good answer. I don't, I don't know. So I just felt like the priorities were off. I've, I I don't know if he was trying to help his quarterback win an all pro nod or at least may, or make his own team's numbers look good. I can't say that for sure. It just felt very, very weird. Um, you know, Dak's numbers were good enough this year. Guy played well enough. You know, your offensive numbers were good enough. You didn't need the touchdown against Washington or a touchdown against Buffalo when the game's long over to prove that, um, you know, that said, I don't know that any of those are fireable offenses. And let me just add to that, that I don't think Dak, uh, cutting Dak is going to do anything, but hurt you and trading Dak is probably not smart either. I know a lot of you are unhappy with the way he played. You guys know I'm not a big Dak defender. I just think there's not much that you can do there. And you give the guy another year to see if he can do it in big games. All that being said, though, if you don't fire McCarthy and you don't trade or do anything with Dak, which I'm not advocating for, what do you do? Because you got to do something. You're just going to go back, run it back again and. Win 11 yeah, or 12? No, no. no. The, the, easy, the, the easiest solution here is to move on from Mike McCarthy, get a different voice in, and hopefully that changes the locker room. But I did reach out to somebody today asking, like, hypothetically, what would the price tag be if the Cowboys decided to trade Dak Prescott? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that doesn't work for the Cowboys, but they said probably two first round picks and a second round pick. There's no way. If I'm a GM, there's no way I'm giving Dak that. Sure, he played nice. I don't know that he can do that in Chicago. I don't know if he doesn't have receivers running wide open that he can do that because I got to give Mike McCarthy some credit here. There were guys running wide open this year and kudos to Dak for hitting them. Dak had a nice year. There's no question about it, but uh, you play in a different system under a different coach. Is Dak the kind of quarterback that can carry you and mitigate other problems like your defense or whatever? I don't think he's that guy. I think he's a really good player. There are very few quarterbacks in the league that can truly carry a team. Like Josh Allen is one of them, even with the giveaways, you know, um, I just, I don't think getting rid of Dak is the answer. I already told you there. What I think they should do is bring in a new uh, coach, whether it's Bobby Slowick of the Houston Texans, bring somebody like that in, let them determine what they want to do, give Dak another year. But do I have any problem with the Cowboys drafting a quarterback? or not giving Dak a vote of confidence? No, not at all. Make make him aware that this has got to change without doing something stupid. But I don't think you need to coddle either. All right, can we talk about another team from... <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to make it really clear because I know I've been hard on Dak. I'm not, I think the guy had a really good year, man. I mean, really good. I'm, I'm uh, fighting back tears. Let's please, please move on to anything yeah, else. <laughs> I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with the guy looking over his shoulder a little bit. There's nothing wrong with it. Make him compete. Dax never had to compete. He didn't have to compete against Tony Romo. Uh, Make him compete. It might bring out even a better player than the good one they already have. That's all I'm uh, saying about that. All right. Another team. Uh, I'm curious about the Rams a little bit. I feel like 
all that's being said about them is, hey, you know, really good game. They had a chance to win. Um, but this was considered to be kind of a rebuilding year, and we didn't even know if if Sean McVay would stay. I'm really curious. Do you think that this team will be able to make the steps to get back there and be better next year, given the cap, uh, draft picks? Are they Did they play over their heads this year with some young guys on defense? What, what do you see for them? Um, I'm excited about the future of the Rams. They're going to have a first-round pick to use. Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're laughing. They get to use a first-round pick for the first time since the Obama administration. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, that's that's actually true. Uh, so they got their first-round pick. They have $41 million of cap space next year, $93 million in 2025. So their, their books are wide open. Obviously, players are going to want to come play in L.A. for a lot of different reasons. They have all these draft picks. And listen, let's give this front office some credit. They hit on multiple players without having a top 100 pick last year. Obviously, Puka Nakua is a superstar, right? But Kobe Turner on the defensive line, some of the defensive backs that they got, they made a trade for Kevin Dotson. They traded a fourth-round pick for Kevin Dotson, who graded out as one of the best guards in the NFL. I think we should have faith in the quarterback, the coach, and the front office to get this team back to playing at a really high level. I mean, if a couple of things go different in that Lions game, they're going to play. Well, oh, they'd be hosting Tampa Bay this weekend, right? Or they'd be playing yeah. at Tampa Bay. Yeah. I, I don't think they're that far away. I'm with you. Let's talk Miami. Um, so a, a lot of Miami, I saw a lot of Dolphin fans really upset with Mike McDaniel for this game. Uh, for a lot of reasons. I know you thought he didn't really uh, show his best coaching ability in this game, even though you're a fan of his. A lot of questions about Tua. <clears throat> I don't think Tua's had enough time for them to, for you to be bailing on Tua. This is a guy that led the league in passing yards, had some nice moments, uh, didn't have as good a year as Dak, uh, but um, I, I, I think it'd be a mistake. I think it'd be a mistake, and I think they should run it back. I think they had more injuries than some of these other teams. Yeah. And um, I would, I would like to see them fortify their offensive line. A uh, good Lindy's word in the draft or free agency. What do you think? Miami's in a really tough spot. Uh, they do not have a first round pick because they've made, made several trades over the last couple of years. Oh, sorry. They do have their first round pick pick 21, uh, but they are $66 million over the cap. Mm -hmm. And here are the ages of their most expensive players going into 2024. Tyreek Hill, 30. Jalen Ramsey, 30, coming off a knee injury. Bradley Chubb, coming off a torn ACL. Xavier Howard, didn't play in the playoffs, 31 years old. Uh, Tua, 26. Teron Armstead, 33. He had injuries all year. Emmanuel Agba, 31. Uh, Zach Sealer, 29. And then you've got Jalen Phillips, who you've got to decide on his contract, coming off a torn Achilles. This team is old. They don't have a lot of ways to improve the roster. Um I would not be surprised if this is one of the teams next year that we see every year. We see like six teams fall out of the playoffs. I won't be surprised if it's Miami next year. So that leaves us with one team left to talk about. That's not playing. Are they going to be one of those teams you're mentioning next year? The Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Cleveland's going to be back in the playoffs next year. I mean, everything that went wrong this year could have went wrong and they still won 11 games. They could have been 12 if they didn't rest guys in week 18. I'm one of the probably few people that believe that Deshaun Watson is going to come back and play well. If you watch the final two games that he played 
uh, the game against the Titans, and then the second half of that Ravens game oh, where man. he played through a yeah. bad shoulder but willed that team to victory on the road. I think he's going to be healthy going into the year, and with a healthy Watson and with that defense, they could win the AFC North pretty easily. Yeah, I, I think they could too, and I, I'm hoping for that. I, I, you know, I'm ready for the Lions and the Browns to get off the Schneid. I'd like one of them to win the Super Bowl. Um, it'd be great. At least make it to the Super Bowl. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, they've both yeah. been to conference championship games. Uh, Detroit's been once. Cleveland has been multiple times. But uh, that would be great. I just want to say too. I want to circle back real quick, guys. If Mike McCarthy takes photos at the forty yard line, I don't think he should be fired for that. And, you know, ditto, honestly, ditto Nick Sirianni yelling in the tunnel at, at Arrowhead. I, I don't think that that uh, Dak Prescott's numbers being padded a little bit is a is a big deal either. I'm simply saying sometimes I wonder the, about the priorities. And if you have the kind of end that the Eagles and the Cowboys and to a lesser extent, the Steelers did. You kind of have to do something. OK, you, you just can't run it back. So if I'm totally wrong, guys, I will take it. But. Uh, you know, that's my final thought. I just think um, you can root for change without rooting for someone to lose their job, I guess is the best way uh, for me to put that. But as always, you get the final thought. On Thursday, we're going to pick the lines and uh, give our favorite bets for the divisional round of the playoffs. I just find the quarterback so fascinating. In one division, it's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and then a rookie CJ Stroud who's playing out of his mind. And then in the other conference, it's Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff. Like, it's it's crazy. I, I, I cannot wait for this weekend. It is kind of weird when you think about it, isn't it? It's a uh, Mr. Well, Irrelevant, two former first-round picks, and then a first-round pick who sat for three years. Yeah, And guys, if you guys want to go from, like, weird – to depressing just go over to locked on cowboys you'll get plenty of that plenty. And, and gallons of it really and then but some positivity locked on dynasty still yeah. doing a locked on dynasty podcast i cover the raiders for usa today raiders wire we'll see what happens with their offseason we didn't talk about them and of course he writes for the 33rd team uh he is at marcus underscore mosher and we will talk to you guys soon